Hello and welcome to the Wholehearted Healer Podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I will be your host. This is the weekly podcast that helps women pause in their busy lives, drop into the heart, and remember their next right step. I am so happy that you're here. Hello and welcome to another episode of a Wholehearted Healer podcast. My name is Dr. Avine Banish and I'm your host. This week we're going to do a little something different on the podcast. I have invited a dear friend, Michelle Marquardt, um, to just come and have a conversation. Michelle is an example to me of someone who is living wholeheartedly. Um, in this conversation, we talk about her road to sobriety and what she has learned. We talk about living an adventuresome life um, and having some fun while we're doing it. And I just really love Michelle's presence and her fearlessness as she shows up in her life. So I think you're going to enjoy this conversation. Um, thanks for tuning in. Okay, so I'm so excited today on the Wholehearted Healer podcast to have my first really wonderful conversation with Michelle Marquardt, someone who I really admire, who I've known for a long time. And I just know that we're going to have an amazing conversation today. Hey, Michelle. Hey, Evine. So great to be here on your podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for agreeing and, and giving some of your time today to have this talk. I'm really grateful. Yeah, absolutely. Me as well. And I was sitting here trying to think how long it's been since we've known each other and when we met first in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, where we were living at the time where I was living, you're still living in Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Yes. Is that about how long ago was that? I want to say it was, uh, I would say around seven, it's got to be at least seven years ago. Wow. Yeah. Time flies. So, so Michelle, I know Michelle as someone who um, is this beautiful blend of, well, she, I, I believe Michelle, you are an adventurer at heart. Um, you have like this amazing courage to try new things. Um, and then I think you're, when I think of Michelle, I think of this blend of strength and vulnerability and how you sort of live your life these days um, as a beacon for other people to live that way as well. So I was wondering if you just wanted to give a little bit uh, like a, tell us about yourself sort of a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to. Um, probably the biggest part about me and that has sort of led me to be this adventurous and vulnerable person is um, my journey in recovery, which has been going on for the past five years. And that is really when I feel like I sort of woke up into my life, really. I had spent most of my life uh, trying to numb out through drugs or well, alcohol primarily. Um, and yeah, just sort of being checked out of my life and not really appreciating and enjoying everything that was there for me. Um, so in that five years, I, it really feels like that's when life sort of began. <laughs> there was a whole lot before that. I've got a couple of kids and I was married uh, previously and did have a really good life, but it was just, it was a lot and felt like I needed to, to check out from it a lot. So um, since my recovery has started, that has really been where the adventures have started and, and digging into learning about myself and who I am and what do I really want in my life and what is important to me. And part of that has been just learning to be adventuresome and challenge myself to try new things. And I really have been pleasantly surprised every time I do. 
I currently own and operate a women's sober living home in Eau Claire, where I am working on teaching others how to do the same thing, embrace um, a life of sobriety and uh, adventure forth. And out of that has also sort of come coaching some other women in who aren't necessarily in sobriety and in recovery, but just are finding themselves in that space where my life isn't as beautiful as I want it to be. It's some things are a struggle and it's not where I want it. And so helping them sort of find their truth and who they are and value themselves to find what do they really want to create in this lifetime. I love that. Michelle, you're going to do, and you already are doing so much wonderful work in the world. I wonder, you know, on this podcast, we talk about this idea of living wholeheartedly, and that means something different for each person. But I wonder if you could kind of talk about your road, um, your journey towards and with sobriety and how that has helped you, I don't know, show up more, live more fully kind of embody that wholeheartedness. Yeah, I was thinking about this topic. um, And yesterday was like this really awesome day, right? And I had um, all kinds of energy. And I was out in the world and I decided to go on a ropes course. And I was going to go challenge myself. And it was just this great, beautiful day. And I just loved it. I had a ton of fun by myself, which is something that I've always enjoyed my own company. um, But in my sobriety, I've learned to enjoy it even more. And I also found out that I really enjoy connecting with other people. That's a huge, a huge piece as well. So yesterday I felt like I was really living wholeheartedly. I thought about you and I thought about this podcast that was coming up and I thought, oh, I am nailing it today. And I am like squeezing the juice out of every ounce of this day. And it was just (laughs) beautiful. And I'm up on this ropes course with these, you know, it's just me and a bunch of kids up there. The moms are all at the bottom, you know, taking (laughs) pictures and, you know, they're not up there. And, um, I decided to do it because it scared me. And that's sort of been something that has served me really well in my recovery is if something scares me, as you know, it's run full force into it. (laughs) So I thought I hadn't done anything for a long time that really scared me. And so my intent was to go to do this free fall thing. And that was closed. So I thought, okay, well, I'll go do the ropes course. And after I got up there, I was like, yeah, I'm glad I started with this. (laughs) (laughs) That's enough for today. You know, so I worked my way up these levels and and was going along and you're, you're clicked in with these, you know, secure ropes. So you really, you can't fall. And if you do, you know, you just sort of dangle there and somebody will come and get you and, you know, save you if you need help. And so I'm going across these little obstacles and they're wobbly and weird and everything. And I just kept thinking to myself, I can't fall and I can't fail. And so I just would like go across my little thing and I'm like, I can't fall. I can't fail. I can't fall. I can't fail. I can't fall. I can't fail. And I was like, this is like such an awesome mantra for life. It it's really like, is. I should do this every day when I get up and just, you know, meditate and do that mantra. I can't fall and I can't fail. And that's been part of the wholehearted living that I've really discovered is like, there is no fail. Every choice and every decision has taken me in a direction. And no matter what direction I went, that took me in another direction, or it just, it kept the path going. There was never a place where I hit a dead end. There was always a next turn. And so it was just like every single thing that I picked up and that I did in my life was like, okay, go this way, go this way, go this way. And it just, there's this divine guidance. And so just remembering that we can't fall 
and we can't fail because we're constantly being guided and we're constantly being watched over and cared for. And so that to me was a really fun thing yesterday. Um, and then today I woke up and it was a full moon last night. And I don't know if it's that, or I've been traveling and I haven't been sleeping in my own bed very well. And so I was just like almost the complete opposite this morning. <laughs> Wake up and I am <laughs> all off my game. And it has been just a funny thing because again, thinking about this topic of wholehearted living, and that's part of it too, is really embracing myself when I'm not in that great, perfect, beautiful place mm-hmm. where I'm just not quite right. And I'm a little bit cranky and I wasn't as kind to my partner as I could have been this morning. And I'm a little stressed out and just, just feeling a little bit just off. And again, coming back to that wholehearted living and it's like, how do I wholeheartedly embrace this day that is in such contrast to yesterday and love myself through it and forgive myself and give myself some grace to say, you know what, you're probably a little overtired. Maybe it's a little bit the full moon and whatever it is, it's okay to just be where you are right now and not necessarily try to fix it and push myself through it. And you'd be like, oh, I've got to get it out of this into my Mary Poppins happy place where I really like to be, but just be okay with the fact that I was a little bit off today Mm -hmm. and just be kind to myself through that. And what was really interesting is as soon as I started to get into that headspace of just loving myself and forgiving myself for being less than perfect, all of a sudden my energy started to shift and it's not like, you know, skyrockets and, you know, jingle bells and everything, but there's just a contentedness to it. And a little bit feeling like, ah, it's okay today too, to be in this space wholeheartedly heart open, feeling a little icky, you know, feeling those feelings and letting those come through my, my heart wholly as well. So that was kind of, and, and thinking back to maybe the you of, I don't know, six or seven years ago. And what a day like this, you know, this idea that we all numb in some way, right? Some of us numb with food or being too busy or, or alcohol or drugs or our work, you know, there's so many different ways that we all numb. And I think for a lot of people, you know, who maybe aren't in that space that you have found yourself and worked really hard to cultivate a day like today might really have thrown you off. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the space where, you know, I would use that as an excuse to, like you said, any, everybody uses some form of something to escape pain. Mm-hmm. whether it's the busyness of work, you would throw yourself into work. You'd maybe eat something that's unhealthy. Cause it's like, I'm just, I want to do something that feels good or you shop or, you know, for me, it would have been grab a drink, you know, and take the edge off. And yeah. How do you, how do you learn to, to work through those days and those moments and go, it's going to be okay. And shift that from trying to numb out to really being present for your yeah. life in all of it. Well, and that's really, that's where the treasure lies, right? And so I, you know, you, I've watched you um, start this beautiful um, sober living home from afar in Eau Claire, and I see the good work that you're doing. And I just wonder if you can give some advice, like either to yourself years ago or to someone who might just be contemplating making a big change in their life. Like, how do we get, how do we cross the river? How do we get from, 
you know, that that place of feeling maybe a little out of control, a little bit unable to change or control impulses to to where you are. Yeah, it's um, when you're in that place, it can feel overwhelming when you're trying to make a change of any sort, any sort of change. It feels like a lot because our lives are busy and they're full. And it just seems like sometimes one more thing I can't take it on. And I know for me, I just felt like hopeless. Like it just felt like too much. And the biggest thing is, is just the tiny little steps. Like every time you have that impulse or that urge to go, you know, bury yourself in work or to shop or to eat or to take a drink or whatever it is to numb out, it's just stopping yourself and like breathe and just taking that pause so that you have that moment that's not a reaction that you just stop and you breathe. And in that moment is when you can choose something different and go, I can get through this. And what was amazing to me to learn is in my recovery journey, which was a shocker. It was like cravings only last for like 90 seconds Mm -hmm. to like a minute and a half or something. It's absurdly small. And it's like, there's like, and then it'll pass. It's a feeling, right? It comes and it goes. And so we get these urges and we feel like, oh, this is so uncomfortable. I just, I have to do something to get rid of it right now. And it's like, if you just take that moment just to stop, pause, breathe and go, I can be okay through this. It's just a few minutes and I'm worth choosing differently. That to me is like, that will be a huge game changer. Just take that breath, take that moment and know that it'll pass and that you can do this. You have to believe in yourself too. That's Mm -hmm. another part. You have to have hope. You have to know. And for me, I'm like anybody that I can tell, it's like for crying out loud, I was such a hardcore alcoholic and I was buried so deep in addiction. I, I really did not think I would ever get out. I really thought there was no way it was ever going to happen for me. And if I can make that big of a change and it can happen for me, man, anybody can do it. Anybody can make the changes. You can make a change. I love that, Michelle. And I love, you know, something I've loved kind of watching your journey is um, I think I'd be interested to know if you were always someone who um, could kind of share your feelings and your story pretty easily or was shame a big part of your journey when you were when you were in that space, because now you seem like one of the freest human beings to me, like you just lay it all out. (laughs) Um, Michelle, uh, for those listening, was also um, uh, she competed in bodybuilding competitions, right? Or what would you call it? Was it bodybuilding or? Yep. Bodybuilding competitions. Yep. Yeah. That was what I I did when I got sober. Yeah. Which to (laughs) me is like, I mean, just the amount of courage and chutzpah that it takes to do that. I was, I was in awe. So were you always a little bit like that? Or can you just talk about too, the transformation of, of moving from shame into this kind of transparent heart space where you're just like, this is who I am. And, and you just shine your light so freely. Yeah. The addiction part was a huge amount of shame, a huge amount of shame and embarrassment. And that was not something that I could speak about freely for at least, I want to say the first two years of my sobriety, I was so embarrassed and so ashamed. Um, I just, I couldn't, I didn't want people to know. I didn't, I didn't want to acknowledge it. I didn't want to be that. Um, so no, I very much kept that very quiet. 
um, other aspects of my life I've been pretty open. I'm a fairly open person about, but that one was pretty heavy. Um, and so it took me some time. And what was really fascinating was when I finally got the courage to go out and speak to what we call normies, people that can drink normally or that aren't <laughs> alcoholics or addicts. Gotcha. Because <laughs> um, saying, you know, talking in front of people that are your, my peers that are also alcoholics and addicts, it's like no big deal, right? But speaking to people who aren't was like, oh my God, what are they going to think? And the first time that I did that and I went and I had that, I spoke, into, I spoke to um, a women's group and I was terrified. I was absolutely terrified. And as soon as I got on in front of the women and I started to speak about it, it was just this incredible release of just this freedom of owning that. And like, I didn't have to be ashamed and I didn't have to hide. There was this absolute freedom in owning that part of me, which I felt was my darkest secret, my deepest, darkest part. And bringing that out into the light was absolutely the most freeing thing I ever did for myself. And then when I went into to start the women's sober home, I went on Facebook and publicly announced that, you know, I was doing this and in order to talk about what I was going to do. I had to say that, you know, I'm in a, I'm in recovery. That was another level of terrifying because now it's like, this is the whole world. <laughs> you know, it's not just this group of women in a room. I have zero control over where this video goes. And I was absolutely shaking. And again, after I did it, it was just this incredible release. And now I'm like, it has zero power over me whatsoever. Now I can speak freely, honestly, and openly about it. And it just, it feels amazing. So it's always so interesting how those things that we think are so terrifying and our deepest, darkest secrets and parts are actually, you know, once we talk about them and own them, they have, they have no power. Yeah. And I wonder too, if you look back at the response of the quote unquote normies, right? Um, like we know that you helped just anyone showing up in their vulnerability, like sharing part of themselves is, is received in a certain way and is a gift to those receiving it. So I just wonder, were you surprised by the reaction that you received? Did you feel like people were on your side and supportive and that maybe people were kind of aligning with you in ways that you didn't see coming? Yeah, I was, absolutely surprised at the amount of support and encouragement. And then the women that also came forward and and men that talked about their struggles. And um, it showed me that owning and speaking about my struggles helped other people to know that they're not alone as well. And I was terrified of the backlash of what I thought people would say. And I'm sure there's people out there that did go, oh my gosh, did you hear? Did you know? And frankly, I don't care because those are not my people. But you know, I also didn't have to hear them or see them in front of my face, which made it a lot easier. Um, but yeah, I was blown away by the amount of support and the amount of, of reach that that had. And that just gave me courage to, to start talking about it more and to be open and honest about these struggles to let other people know that they're not alone. We all struggle. We all have hard days. We all have this stuff that we're just trying to figure out how to get through this lifetime. Yeah. And learning how the t- what the tools can be to get through it where it starts to become beautiful and amazing and joyful and not something that you have to trudge through and just, you know, plow your way through heavy and, and dark. And now that you've been, you know, you're, you're solid in this and you, I mean, I know you're right, that you're working this every day. Um, you're making a change in the world with the Eau Claire um, 
sober living home. How does the future look to you? I mean, what do you see in terms of living wholeheartedly as you look into the great unknown now? What's so fun for me right now is I have come to this place that the universe has way bigger plans for me than I have any concept of. And so it's almost like, I know you're supposed to like do these five-year plans and like planning out where you want to go and have this, you know, this, this big grand plan that you got to be working towards and everything. And I have some, I have some ideas and plans and some, some small things, but honestly, it's always such a great adventure to see what comes across my plate. Like almost daily stuff happens. That's just like, that is so cool. I never would have seen that coming. And yeah, just the gifts that come when you're open to receiving and you're open hearted and you're just like, bring it all on. It's just so much more fun and so much more exciting to see what the universe brings to me when I just am open to receiving whatever it is. And let me tell you, that was a lesson and a half trying to learn how to receive. Because especially as women, I think we're so used to giving and taking care of people and it's all about them. Man, this last year was a really big lesson in receiving. And when I and I still have I still have ways to go on that, but just getting that door opened has been amazing. And what I learned was when I learned how to receive like even a compliment, you know, we tend to deflect Mm -hmm. them and those small things that energetically every time I take that in and say, thank you, it feeds my self-esteem it feeds my soul and it helps me to receive a little bit more. And if I can receive a little bit more and a little bit more and a little bit more, again, just like anything where we take these small steps, all of a sudden this door is wide open and the floodgates are coming through. And it's just like all these wonderful things can come through because I'm willing to receive and I'm not holding up the barriers and saying, oh, I'm not good enough or, you know, somebody else can use that. I've got enough or whatever. So that's my continuing kind of going forward is just keeping those walls down, keeping the barriers down, keeping the doors open and keeping the heart open to receive all the goodness that the universe has for me. Because my belief is, is that it has nothing but good in store for me. And if something I perceive it as bad, it's like hmm, more probably just some course correction, really. It's like, I didn't, I didn't think I wanted that. Nope. It's course correction. There's lessons to be learned in all of it. Yeah. And I think when we really, when we live in this way where we're open, we're receiving, we're feeling our feelings, um, we look back at our lives and I'm not sure that we would change all that much. You know, we kind of recognize that we had to live that to be here. Would you agree with yeah, that? Absolutely. Absolutely. I sat actually in a therapy session yesterday and with this woman uh, that I had just met for the first time and she was looking, you know, she's notorious for really finding your hotspots and places that you're, you know, like ouchy. And we just sat and we worked through everything. And it's like all the trauma and all the things from early childhood, from, you know, my mother's suicide to my addiction to, you know, just variety of things. And it was like, none of them held pain for me anymore. None of them spark that, oh my gosh, that was horrible because everything has brought me to this point. And without all of those hard things, without all of those things, sharpening my saw and, you know, sharpening my blades and and making me more alert, more aware, more alive in this lifetime, the light and and the lessons I learned through all of it, I I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be loving my life and as awake and and alert to everything that's coming for me if I hadn't gone through all those hard things. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah. And, and when we're in a, a space of centeredness and, you know, it's, it can be easy to say that when we're in the maelstrom of whatever going through, whatever we're going through, it can feel quite different. So if someone is listening and, um, you know, not across the river or in that space, that can, that can sound unbelievable. Yeah, it really can. And, and I think sometimes too, when you're in the middle of it, it is harder to see that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know that I could have seen that without all of the inner work that I've done. Um, I I don't think I could have seen that before. Um, but it's so interesting because some of the world religions talk about that stuff. Right. And, and, you know, I was born and raised in the Catholic church and in Christianity. And I, I remember there's a Bible passage that talks about, you know, even in the darkest of times being in praise and, mm-hmm. and being joyful. And that even, you know, in going through really hard things that these people would be in this place of grace and, you know, loving the Lord or whatever. And it was like, Oh, wow. It's just coming to me. It's like, well, that's what they were talking about being so centered in yourself that even in the darkest of the times you can find the light, but yeah, it's, yeah, it's and that's, you can that's not that, an easy. No, but that, that kind of anchoring thought that the universe or the world is happening for me, not to me. Yeah. Absolutely. And you and I recently ran into each other at um, a week long meditation event with Dr. Joe Dispenza that was really fun. It was just so fun to see you there. It made it, it made a really fantastic life-changing week that much better. It was like the cherry on top (laughs) (laughs) to see you and have that adventure together. That was, that was amazing. You know, and it's things like that, that, that are those life-changing adventures. And those are the things that, I mean, we really need to take the time to go do in our lives, right. To take those, that time for ourselves, because that's what we're here for to, to grow and, to stretch ourselves and to learn more and have those amazing experiences. And it was, it was so cool. It was so special that you were there. (laughs) And he talks a lot about, you know, he teaches a lot about quantum physics and this idea that, um, that we want to play at that edge of known and unknown. And I think you do that really well, like with your ropes course and the adventures. And every time I talk to Michelle, it's something new. It's very exciting to hear (laughs) what the latest adventure is. Um, but it seems to me that that in this space that you have found yourself in, and you know, some some would say found is not the right word. You have worked hard to arrive here. Um, it seems that you have more space and capacity to live at that edge of the known and the unknown without fear. Yeah, yeah. And I think it is, and, and it's again, it's coming back because sometimes it's so hard to see when you're, you know, in one place, you know, comparing where you are to, you know, you're beginning to somebody's finish to somebody's end or, you know, farther down mm-hmm. the road or whatever. And it's just always taking these little tiny steps and it's every little step every day that, you know, builds on those things. And, and again, just doing the things that scare you because it's so interesting to me that every time I do something that scares me, I get on the other side of it and I'm like, wow, that was nothing but smoke and mirrors. There was nothing there. It's like mm-hmm. an illusion. And yeah, so that's what's really, and then it, and then it gets to be fun. Then it gets to be a game. <laughs> like, let's see what's going to be behind that one. <laughs> and so some of your upcoming moves, you're writing a book, right? Yes. I've been working on a book um, for the last couple of years and I'm just getting it edited. I just had class actually before this. And um it's a, it's a fun book about people and dragons and, um, 
intuition and how the people work with their dragons and um, yeah, create magic. And so it's super fun. So I'm hoping to have that out. I should probably give myself a deadline for when I get that done so that I can get it out to the world because it needs to get out there. It's kind of being called. <laughs> I cannot wait to read it. It it just seems like such a great metaphor for your life over the past number of years, right? Yeah, Intuition. it is. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the dragons snap down um, people's, like they connect at the base of the skull and snap down their spine. And the dragons are really like your intuition and that inner knowing and that inner guide. And in the story, it, as the kids get older, they tend to put them on and they go to sleep and the adults don't use them anymore. They've just gone dormant. And there's a few people who still have them out and know how to use them and have grown them their magic. And they're going to be, you know, going out in the world to sort of wake up everybody and they're calling on the kids really are the ones who still know how to to use their magic and are most connected to their dragons so the few adults that are out there are still are going to round up the kids to to wake up everybody else so I that's can't the wait. premise that sounds of it. like a movie that sounds like who knows in the future where that will lead you <laughs> my writing is teacher, fantastic yeah my writing teacher thinks it's very visual so who knows you never know I love that. And you're also doing some coaching. I am. Other women. Yep. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I've been helping some other women that are just, you know, as we learn all these things, there's so many skills and so many um, tools that I've gained in this, in this recovery journey that I look back and it's like, oh, I wish I would have had that five years ago, you know, or earlier in my life, if I would have had this tool, I would have known more. I, you know, maybe I could have avoided some of the painful things. So it's just working with some ladies that are in that place where they're struggling and they're like, I want to make a change. I need to make a change. And I don't know how, where do I start? What does that look like? And just walking alongside them and holding space and teaching them the things that have worked for me, giving them all the different tools to say, here's what I've, you know, here's what I've gleaned. Try, try some of these and see what fits for you, what works. And Mm -hmm. yeah, been having some some lovely results from that. So it's wonderful to be able to share and watch people sort of light up and, and wake up and find some joy and some hope. Absolutely. If someone was listening and wanted to check out your website or maybe get in touch with you, how would they find you, Michelle? I have a website, which is michellerosellc.com. And I also have my ecsoberliving.com. Uh, those are my two websites. I'm also on Facebook and Instagram. My Facebook is uh, Michelle Marquart, M-A-R-K-Q-U-A-R-T is my personal one. And then I have my EC Sober Living one as well. Haven't gotten them Michelle Rose LLC um, Instagram up and going yet, but that will be coming soon. Lots of ways to find you. Yeah. <laughs> All well, over. This, is, this has been really so wonderful. I, I just love when I think about, you know, my whole impetus for this um, podcast and these conversations is really just to help people remember, like wake up mm. and remember, right? Like your dragons do um, in your book, that each of us has more magic than we know. And I just, you are such an example to me of someone who... Um, has been on this journey and has found and claimed your magic, my dear. And so it's been really such a blessing to to work with you and know you and watch you over the last number of years. And I'm really grateful. 
Oh, thank you so much. That's such a huge compliment coming from you because you saw me in the dark days before I came into the light. And so you had privy to that, to both sides. So that is a huge compliment. And yeah, I'm so grateful for your friendship and for knowing you and for all the work that you've done with me, because you were absolutely your guidance um, has been a huge part of my recovery. Thanks, Michelle. Well, I can't wait to see the light that you are going to bring into the world through your book, through your coaching, through who knows what the next time I talk to you, we'll be seeing, you'll be doing something totally new and exciting, <laughs> living you wholeheartedly. Exactly. So um, thank you so much for um, being on the podcast today. I'm really grateful. Thank you, Avine. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Thanks, Michelle. Thank you.